You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. How many of you are truly, completely, and absolutely blessed that you're here? Raise your hand and make some noise. Praise God. I want you to turn to somebody beside you and tell that person, I'm blessed you're here. Oh, praise God. Look around you, friends. This is family right here. And we do this. We get the privilege of being able to do this every Sunday. We get to glorify the Lord. Oh, praise God. One more time. Can we give the Lord a big hand? How many people are joining us for the very first time today at the feast? This is your first time. Raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. Let's clap our hands. Tap them in the shoulder. That's okay. And everybody say, welcome home. From now on, this is your spiritual home. And we love to connect with you. After the feast, we'd love to give you a special gift. After the session, go out into the bridgeway and we've got servants there who will give you a special gift and they'll introduce you to what this community is all about. We want to plug you into our small groups. We want to plug you into our formation programs and we want you to eventually serve with us here. Not just on stage, but everywhere around here. If you see a servant here, thank them for serving you. We got servants who welcome you the moment you come here. The Young David's Ministry, Yung Bayong Ministry. Inaakay kayo kung kailangan nyo ng wheelchair, they're here. We got our warmth team welcoming you, ushering you. We got our liturgy team. We got our prod. We got our media. We got so many people serving us today. We got our worship team. And so let's have a culture of gratitude every time we see a servant. Say thank you. And we hope and pray that one day you will also consider serving with us here at the kitchen. You know, the feast is a family. It's a spiritual family. And you come here and you dine here. Some of you even take out some things and you bring it outside to the world. But the truth is, one day God is going to call you not just to be there at the feast dining in, but God will call you in the kitchen, preparing the meal, preparing the Word of God, and, and really serving other people who are far from the Lord. And so if that's you, I want you to pray about it. We need people to serve with us, warm bodies as we continue to grow our feast. Our Young David's Ministry, for instance, they're looking for warm bodies. Who are the Young David's Ministry? They're the ones who are actually outside in the parking lot. While you are here standing, sitting comfortably in this air-conditioned room, there are people serving outside in the heat of the sun. So we're calling for people to do that. We're calling for people to make a sacrifice every Sunday and then serve God's people. If that's you, you go to the lobby or you message us how you can connect with our other ministries. Amen? You know, this has been a season in our feast where we continually stretch ourselves. Everybody say stretch. It's, there's been a lot of changes, especially post-pandemic. We've experienced many things. We've been changing venues left and right. We've been changing schedules left and right. And I want to thank you as one of your leaders that you have been very understanding and patient. But I want you to know that we're consistently still stretching. In fact, um, next week we're going to have a concert, July 24. Uh, called Heroes. How many of you bought your tickets already? Raise your hand. Wala, mahiyana man kayo. You grab your tickets outside. We're gonna promote that after, okay? We want you to join that. It's our first live concert after two years. We're gonna celebrate the Lord's love and the Lord's goodness. But here's the thing, after July 24, we have two more Sundays here at the Plenary Hall, but we're making a little bit of movement because if you notice, we've been juggling our venues. Sometimes we're in the forum, sometimes we're here. We wanna be here. This is our home in PICC. But the truth is there are other clients who are also using the plenary hall. It's graduation season. So we noticed that for the whole month of August, fully booked ang plenary hall. So what we're going to do is we're going to experiment. Remember pre-pandemic, we had two sessions? 8 o'clock? Who are you attending the 8 o'clock session? The early birds. Yes, thank you. Mga mahilig gumising na maaga. But some people are not morning first people. So now, we're going to have two sessions. One at 8 o'clock and one at 10.45. We're going to do the two sessions again. But I hope you give me the same applause that you just gave me now. We're moving the venue still in PICC. 
but we're moving to the meeting room number one, which is just there. It's still in PICC. We're gonna get a little bit smaller, but we're gonna have more people come in for two sessions. Eight o'clock, 10.45. Now, what does that mean? Two sessions. Brother Ori, do I get to choose which one? Yes, you can get to choose. You have the option, the free will to choose, but here's the thing. The venue has a limited capacity of only 950 people. Right now, we're attracting about 1,800 people who come here every Sunday. Praise God for that. But the moment we move to meeting room number one, so here's what I want to request from you. If you know that you can commit to the 8 o'clock a.m. session, please attend and be on time for the Holy Mass. But there are instances where si ate late nagising or si daddy puyat late kayo nagising. You want to attend the feast. You know that you will not be able to reach the 8 o'clock session. Please commit to attend the 1045 session. Okay? So that we spread the attendees for those two sessions. But we'll have an overflow room for those of you who might not be able to come in and puno na yung, yung, yung session. We'll have an overflow for you, ro- overflow room for you where the builders will come and greet you as well. And we want to say this to everyone because we know that there are strict guidelines here in PICC. We've heard news that there are some people who are held back. You're not able to come in because you're not wearing the proper dress code. We apologize for that. We're constantly talking to PICC, but we're also in a culture of respect. We respect the venue. We respect their policies. And so I want to just encourage you, if you want to attend here, respect also the dress code. They don't like us wearing shorts. Imagine the preacher wearing shorts, summer summer look or sando. So they have guidelines here and we respect that. When we transfer venues, we don't have as much guidelines, but that's what we're here for. We have a culture of obedience and respect. So, okay, so July 31, we're going to be where? Meeting room number one. Our ushers are going to guide you and uh, they're going to point the venue. So 8 o'clock and 10.45 for the whole month of August and then we'll see how we can still move things around. Is that okay? Okay, say amen if I know, so I know that you're agreeing with me. Amen. amen. All right. So we prepared a beautiful word for you today and I know that that's what you came here for. You're excited for God's word. So can I invite you to say our favorite prayer here at the feast, everyone? If this is your first time, I want you to do this deliberately with me. We say this every single Sunday and if you're joining online, you're very much part of our session here today. We love you and we thank you that you're there on the other side of the screen. Everybody, let's come in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, everybody, lift up those hands. Stretch it like you've never stretched before and say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. I want you to shout this out, and because I am blessed, blessing the world in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, lift up your hands. If you're online, please stand up. Join us as we give honor and reverence to the beautiful Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path get ready to dive into the word who's hungry today for some word i want you to please welcome our first preacher brother bo sanchez oh the villa rasa Tell somebody beside you our one big message for today. You're blessed to be a blessing. Everybody say that. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. Put your hand over your chest. Everybody say that. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Sit down, please. Touch somebody beside you. Tell that person God will speak to you today. Just in case there are some here, and I know that there are here who do not know my backstory. Um, How's my microphone? It's like, it's okay? You can hear me? No problem? It's like, or the problem is with here. 
I feel like there's an echo, echoey type. Or I'm okay? Perfect? All right, good. Ah, my backstory, just, just for the sake of those who do not know. I've been a missionary for 43 years. I'm ancient. But within those 43 years, the first 18 were the years when I had a distorted theology of money. I did not like money during that era of my life. I was allergic to it. In my mind, I saw money as evil. Business was bad. And I remember one day during that time, there was this one person who came up to me, handed me a thick envelope. I opened it, 50,000 pesos. This was during a time when 50,000 was 50,000. And I remember he told me, Brother Bo, this is not for ministry. I want to give this to you. I felt God wanted me to give this to you. This is for your needs. I said, thank you very much. Two hours later, I was giving that envelope to a friend that I knew had a desperate need. Two hours after, I did not want to let money be in my hands longer than two hours. It's like, I didn't like it. But during those 18 years, I remember my heart was torn almost every day because I would see people with financial needs. And some of them were my fellow missionaries. They would tell me, you know, Brother Bo, wala kaming pang tuition para sa aking mga anak. You know, they were married, they had kids. One of them would tell me, Brother Bo, yung nanay ko nasa hospital. We have no money to bring her out. You know, again and again, she, you know, these people would tell me. And you, you know what, how I, I would compare it? Like my heart was going through a blender. A grinder you know every single day I would feel their pain and you know when you feel pain this massive you would think crazy thoughts and I started entertaining quote-unquote heretical thoughts at least during that time I began to entertain the thoughts what if I earned as much as I can so that I would give as much as I can. Those were those days when I started thinking about things like, what if the ultimate purpose of money was to love people? You know, today, you, know, you, you heard me, if people have been attending the feast, you've heard me say that again and again, but during that time, whoa! You know, they, they, they were like, gosh, is this coming from the Lord? I, I had so much doubts. But then as the years went by, I began to change my beliefs. Everybody say beliefs. When you change your beliefs, you know what happens? Ask me what? Usually your behavior changes. When your beliefs change, your behavior changes. And then my life began to change. And my finances began to change. And I began to grow in financial abundance. And so for the past 16 years, for example, we start, I started the Truly Rich Club and we've been helping thousands upon thousands of people grow in their finances. And I, I just want to share this with you. Um, let, let me make this, I, I want to make this very clear. Everybody say, I'm listening. I believe money is a blessing, but blessing is so much bigger than money. Say amen. And I believe that our biggest blessing is, ask me what? Life with a blesser. That's our biggest blessing. That you have a life and a relationship with the one who is the source of every blessing. Life, joy, peace, and love. Do I hear a loud amen? One of the things I've realized is that, and, and when, when I say that, why do, what do I mean? I have met... People who have a lot of money, but they're very poor. You, have you met people like that? Yes. A lot of money, 
but they're very poor. These are people who one day woke up to realize that all their wealth stole from them their joy, their peace, their marriage, their family, their kids, their health. That's what happens when money becomes the only blessing. No, money is a blessing. But blessing that God wants to give you is so much bigger. It means, blessing means a life with Him. Do you want that? Yes. When, you, when you look at, at blessing and then you, you look at the, its very core and you study it, you analyze it, you look at its DNA, one of the things you realize is that God designed a blessing to be scattered. Everybody say scattered. There was this, you know, we, we used this analogy, um, I think two years ago uh, in the feast, uh, during the time when the feast was online, but I, I wanted to use it now that we're, we're, we're gone back live. In August 2020, there was this massive explosion in Lebanon. I, rem I, I hope you, maybe you, you remember that. Uh, it was so massive. It's like, what, what kind of bomb did they use? And people were thinking, you know, nuclear bomb? Or what, what did they use? But there was no bomb. They found out that there was this warehouse. By the way, there were, there were thousands of people who were injured at that time. There were hundreds of people who died. And, and they found out there was no bomb. It was no terrorist. It was no. There was a warehouse in the port. And it was filled with chemicals used in fertilizer fertilizer and it's been there for six years sitting in a warehouse and then finally boom explodes friends think about it fertilizer fertilizer you spread it and scatter it in a field it will create a wonderful harvest but you store it and you keep it guess what it becomes dangerous and it destroys. That's what a blessing is. A blessing is designed to be scattered. But if you keep it and make it a selfish project, what happens is it becomes dangerous to you and to the people around you. Say amen. amen. One more time, put your hand over your chest and say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Why am I sharing that to you? Because today we're continue our Genesis series and we are here in talk number four. We're going to talk about, let, let's backtrack a bit. Is that okay? For the past three talks, we were talking about how God wanted to partner with humans. Everybody say partner. But humans said no. You know, God was giving them the tree of blessing and what they did was instead of partnering with God, they began to partner with this deceptive creature that was giving them another tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was a symbol of what? Ask me what? Taking the blessing on their terms for themselves apart from God. Are you with me on this? God was giving the blessing, but they said, no, we're going to take the blessing on our terms for ourselves apart from God. And so this is, this is what's God's plan. God's plan was humans multiply and fill the earth with abundance. And man said, I'm going to multiply and I'm going to do it without you. And what happens is they fill the earth with violence. And that was the world of the Tower of Babel. Can everybody say the Tower of Babel? I want you to be honest with me. Do you have even a slight recall of this story called the Tower of Babel? Like, yeah, I kind of like heard about that in school. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. There, there, are, there are people here. Okay, everybody, let's read. Let's read. Chapter, where am I? Here we go. Chapter 11, nine verses. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia. Everybody say Babylonia. 
and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them in fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, this is God speaking. The people are united and they all speak of the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they, went, they, they, then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. This is why the city was called Babel because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Just to give you a little background before I, I turn over the microphone to, to Audi, is that why Babel? Where does it come from? Here it is, background. Babel is Babylon. Now. If you've been attending the feast for quite a while, you kind of like say, Babylon, Babylon. You know, that, that name keeps on coming up. Absolutely. In the minds of the biblical authors, Babylon is the ultimate bad boy. Ask me why. Because the book of Genesis and the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, were written when? Ask me when? During the Babylonian exile. Everybody say, Ah, Babylonian exile. What's the Babylonian exile? Give you a refresher. In the year 597 BC, 2,500 years ago, what happened? The Babylonian soldiers conquered Jerusalem. And, when, and, and they basically destroyed everything. And then they put in chains all the healthy Jews. And then they marched them for 2,000 miles to Babylon. And they lived in the land of their oppressors as slaves for 70 years. I want you to know when you think about it, for the Jews at that particular time, who could be worse? Who could be the symbol of, of the worst evil than Babylon. And so they write this story, you know, of, 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 a, of a group of people who, yeah, Tower of Babel. And, and, and so this is the funny thing. After reading the text, it's almost like if you use modern eyes, everybody say modern eyes, you read the text and you say, see Lord insecure. Look at that. The people were organizing. They wanted to build a city. Oh, ang ganda, di ba? Si Lord naman, oh, na-threaten. That's modern eyes and modern mind thinking. This is a text that's 2,000, almost 3,000 years old. Please do not use modern eyes and modern thinking when you read it. Think of the people there and why they, read, why they wrote it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, why, why don't we go verse by verse? That's what Audi will do. I'll take care of verse 1. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Everybody say same. This is chapter 11. Do you know what chapter 10 said? That people were already speaking in different languages. Verse 20 and verse 31, chapter 10, people were speaking already in different tongues. And then all of a sudden, chapter 11, verse 1, they were speaking in only one language. Huh? Again, if you're reading with modern eyes, you, you don't get this. But here's the thing. Do not read the Bible literally. I will probably say that in every talk for the whole part of Genesis. You cannot. I'll give you another basic example. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Do you know that those are two creation stories? Two. Not one, two creation stories in Genesis. And they're different. In Genesis 1, God created animals before humans. In Genesis 2, God created humans first and then animals. 
Brother Bo, but may conflict. Because the authors of Genesis, their intention, they were okay with the conflicts. Why? They were not writing a science textbook. They were writing a faith book. They were writing about their faith. They were writing theology. They were writing about their relationship with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so here's the thing, before, before I pass on the microphone, here's the thing. Respect the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired the Genesis authors to write it in this way. In their minds, they were not writing a history book when they wrote Genesis 1, 2, 3, 5, 11. No, they were writing about their, how they looked at life and how they looked at God and how they looked at themselves. So we need to respect that. If you read the Bible literally in this section, you're not respecting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired them to do that. Let's follow. Odi Villaraza, take over. Everybody say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Can you tell somebody beside you? So share your blessing. Let's continue. Everybody say, thank you, Brother Bo. Amazing word. So we're going to continue with studying this passage in the book of Genesis. So what happened next? We know about the language and how God divided them. It says in verse 2, As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land and settled there. And they began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire because in this region bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortal you know this was ingenious of them during that time let me explain to us this looks a little bit primitive because you know with our high-tech gadgets our electronic cars our 5g network our netflix this is this is like caveman talk but to them using this technology enabled them two things number one it solidified the tower that they were building it was strong it had good foundation but the second thing is that it actually waterproofed the tower. Scientists believe that Noah used the same technique in building the ark. Waterproofed the ark using big bricks and asphalt, you know, joining them together. And even the mother of Moses, scientists believe that she used the same method to, to waterproof the basket that she floated Moses down in the river in. So they used that, that, that technology to what to solidify the tower but also at the same time to waterproof it and you know when you read it it's not explicitly said but when you actually think about it this is somehow an indication that the people of Babel did not trust God why remember what happened the event before the tower of Babel God flooded the world so in a way in their sense they were saying you know if God's gonna kill us again we might as well fortify our tower so we can have a place to stay so in return they were saying we didn't really trust that God would not destroy the world anymore God said no longer will I destroy the world but they didn't believe him so they waterproofed the tower that's one thing but this was a huge leap in terms of advancement during their time you know it was so high-tech baking bricks and, and putting asphalt together and you know what in their advancement, and this usually still happens even up till today. I hope that you're listening to this. In their advancement, you know what happened? They became arrogant. They became stubborn. And you know that happens in life? Sometimes you advance in your life and then you become arrogant. You become proud. You feel like everybody who is below you is not worth your time. You know anybody like that? They advanced in life. They became abundant and then all, all of a sudden they became proud. The people that they used to hang out with are no longer their friends because they feel that those people are beneath them. You know any people like that? Yes. I, I hope that this is okay. I'm going to tell the story in Tagalog. If you're a foreigner, I apologize. Ask your neighbor to translate it for you, okay? Naalala ko yung storya nung isang, ano, si Mang Pedro. Si Mang Pedro kasi, dati buhay niya simple lang. Hindi naman siya mayaman, pero hindi naman siya mahirap. Pero, alam mo, yung maman siya. 
nagpursigi siya, nagtanim siya ng mga pinya. He had a beautiful, beautiful hacienda. So, naging farmer, tapos naging hasyendero si Mang Pedro. Pero alam niyo, nagbago si Mang Pedro. Yumabang siya. In fact, isang araw, dumating yung kaibigan niya. Tagal na niya, hindi nakikita tong kaibigan niya, si Juan. So, si Juan, lakad sa kanya, sabi niya, pare, dinig ko, yumaman ka daw, yaman mo na. Sabi ni Juan sa kanya, pare, gutom ako ngayon, pwede ba bigyan mo ako kahit konting pinya? Tingin sa kanya na masama si Mang Pedro. Sabi niya, bakit? Nasan ka? Nung nagtatanim ako dito sa init ng, 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 ng araw, muulan, bumabagyo, nasan ka no? Nasan ka no? Nagbubungkal ako ng lupa. Nasan ka no? Nasan ka no? Nag-aararo ako dito tapos pilit kong pinapasan yung mga pinya, buwat ko. Habang naghawi ako ng mga ahaaha sa daan, nasan ka? Sabi ni Juan, pare, pasensya ka na Nakulong kasi ako eh. Tagal. Sabi ni Mang Pedro, ha? Bakit ka nakulong? May napatay ako eh. Sabi niya, sino? Doon, sa kabilang baryo. Sabi niya, bakit? Eh kasi ang damot. Sabi ni Mang Pedro, ah, ay, o oh, sige, ito, ito. Ang dami kong pinya dito. Halika, kuha nga, kuha nga. Meron pa ako sa tool doon. Gusto mo pa. <laughs> That's not a true story, by the way. But you know, that happens. Sometimes you advance in life, you get it good, and sometimes you reach fame and fortune, but what happens? You forget the very people who were with you when you were still broke, poor, and unpopular. Or you get so good at what you do in life. You become a master's, or you become PhD, or you get a doctorate, and all, all of a sudden, you reject the feedback of people. You don't like being criticized by people because who in the world are they to tell me that I'm wrong? Can I confess something? I have to watch it sometimes, especially being a leader or being, you know, a person of the Lord, that I never get to a place where people can no longer criticize what I do. Because I know when I arrive in that place and time, I know that it's all about me now. It's no longer about what God is doing through me. I have to be very careful. And you know, there are times when people give me criticisms, I feel offended. Has that ever happened to you? You know your heart is pure, your intention is good, but then you feel offended. That's when I know that it's no longer, you know, the God side of me. It's my ego that's talking. The ego is a good thing, my friends, because your ego will protect you. Protect you from getting hurt. It will protect you from, getting, from, from being harmed. But when your ego gets so big, what happens? You start making it all about you and you're no longer able to be corrected by people. You know, God's correction is also his affection sometimes the only way that god can correct you is by allowing you to be humiliated allowing you to be embarrassed because how in the world can god kill your pride if you never fall in life so that's what happens you know they became so arrogant the people of babel and sometimes when that happens when you become arrogant the actual blessing becomes a curse what God meant to bless you with, the enemy is now using to destroy you with. Now, how do you solve this? I got a simple answer. Would you like to know how you solve this? Making it feel like, you know, sometimes you want to make a name for yourself and you think that it's always about you. You want to know how? Ask me how. Simple. As much as you can, you go to the cross. Go to the cross. Why? Because only at the cross will your self-inflated version of yourself be reduced to the proper size. Because man, when you look at the cross, you realize, you think that you're all that. But then you see what Jesus did. You see that He's all great and He's all powerful. It reduces you to the proper size of your ego. Only at the cross where you realize that, my gosh, even if I'm so imperfect, even if I'm so limited, I am completely and deeply loved by this God. Can we clap our hands for the love of God? So live at the cross. Live at the cross. Check out what happens next. And then they said in verse 4, Come, let's build a great city for ourselves. Everybody say for ourselves. With a tower that reaches into the sky, this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world the niv version says let us make a name for ourselves this is a picture of our arrogance how we like to erect monuments in our name we like to glorify ourselves because we love receiving medals and 
achievements and, and, and trophies and all this. And that's good. We celebrate all those victories. But the moment it starts getting into your head and into your heart, what happens? Your head becomes so big. It becomes so big that you're no longer. You try to make a name for yourself. But here's the thing. The author is saying that they wanted fame, right? We want to be famous. But if you study the Bible, and this is the reason why the Bible is amazing. You got to really sit down and study the Bible. The author says a word. He says, come, let's create a big, uh, build a great big city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into where? The sky. In the Jewish language, when you hear the word sky, it represents that place where God is divine that only space that God can occupy. So not only that they were saying that we want to be famous, you know what they really wanted? They wanted to be God. They wanted to be God. Isn't this pointing us somewhere? Little deja vu? Adam and Eve, who instead of just being satisfied with being God images, they wanted to be God. And this is a problem with a lot of us. You know, we're not content with who we are. We want more. We want more. We want to become God in, in, in our own sense. We want to make a name for ourselves. And that's what's happening to the people of Babel. They wanted a name for themselves. And then so what did God do? God scattered them. Everybody say scattered them. God divided them. And it says here, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people and they have all one language and this is the only be beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So God said, come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So what did the Lord do? The Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth. And then they left off building the city. They stopped doing it. Therefore, its name was called Babel. You know this already. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them from all over the face of the earth. In a way, you know, when God dispersed the people of Babel, this was like God's judgment, right? God's judgment. I mean, they sinned against God. So it's God's judgment. When you hear those two words, or maybe even just that one word, judgment. What's the first thing that comes into your mind when, you, when I say judgment? Punishment, yes. Consequence. Retribution. Whenever I hear those words, God's judgment, I, I, I think of God's wrath coming to me and chasing me like John Wick, like it's an unstoppable force. You know, it's going to chase you. We don't like God's judgment, right? Scary. Scary to be judged. But here's the thing. Did you know that God's judgment is actually the greatest blessing in your life. I can tell by the way you're looking at me, either you don't believe me, or you don't understand what I'm saying, or you don't care. I'm hoping it's the first two. God's judgment is the blessing you don't want. Let me prove it to you. How many of you here, quick, quick show of hands, okay? Just raise your hand if that's you. How many of you can honestly tell me right now, Brother Odi, I love having problems in my life. Come on, raise your hand. Anybody in this section? No? Anybody there? No, no, no? Nobody? I'm still actually waiting for that one person who will come to me and say, Brother Odi, you know, I have a problem. What's your problem? My problem is that I don't have a problem. I feel so left out. There's nobody who will ever say that. We don't like having trials. But here's the thing. Trials can be your greatest blessing. Why? Isn't it true? That the reason why you are strong today, that you can enjoy the strength today, is because you endured the struggle yesterday. If you never went through a season of being hungry, you'll never know what it feels like to be filled up. If you've never gone through a heartbreak, you'll never know that God can easily bandage your wounds and heal your souls. If you never went through a single miracle in your life, you will never know that God can accomplish immeasurably more than whatever you can ask or imagine. It's the trials that make you stronger. It's the trials that make you wiser, that makes you lean in on God all the more. And so whenever we sin, we have to face the consequences. We have to be judged by God. But here's the good news you need to hear today. When you come before the Lord every single time with a contrite heart, you know what happens? 
God's judgment becomes His mercy. God's judgment becomes His mercy. Let me explain this to some of you who are not receiving this. Think about it. If God allowed the people of Babel to just continue on doing what they were doing, building a tower, let's say they succeeded. God did not stop them. Guess what would have happened? They would have completely destroyed themselves, right? They would have destroyed themselves and so God dispersed them. So in a way, you could see God's judgment. But you could also see God's mercy. If God allowed you to go through that downward spiral in your life, you would have completely destroyed your spirit. You would have completely consumed yourself. So by allowing you to go through that struggle, God was judging you, yes, but He was also saving you. He was also rescuing you. So God's judgment is actually the blessing that you don't want, but that you desperately need in your life. So we praise God for His judgment, but we really praise Him for His mercy. Can we clap our hands for our merciful God? What is judgment and what is mercy? Let me just put it this way. Judgment is, for all the things that you did wrong against the Lord, you need to be punished for it, right? That's judgment. But instead of punishing you for it, what did God do? He forgave you for it. That's mercy. I'm grateful for God's justice. We need it. But what I really need is God's mercy. And we praise Him for His mercy. Praise God. What happens next? We move now to a different part of the story. And this is strange. You know, the Bible sometimes is strange when you're reading it. Like in this chapter, chapter 11, the author talks about an entire race, like, you know, the people of Babylon. And then all of a sudden, he shifts gears. He starts talking about one man. And if this were a Hollywood movie, you'd probably, you know, judge this wrongly. Like this would get poor mixed reviews because you're talking about this and then all of a sudden you swing here. I'll check it out, okay? It says in chapter 11, the guy was talking about the whole race, but then in chapter 12, he talks about one guy. And then it says, now the Lord said to Abram, everybody say Abram. Who is Abram? Do you know Abram? You probably know him as Abraham, but before Abraham became the father of nations, he was first known as Abram, this this no-name guy. And God said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you and you and you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And God says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You shall be blessed. Did you catch that part? It says in verse 2, God says to Abram, And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. Did you catch that? God says, I will make your name great. In chapter 11, the author is talking about the plans of man. What are we going to do? We're going to build a tower so high that it reaches the sky. But then in chapter 12, it's no longer about the plans of man. It's about the promises of God. The Bible says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So I praise God that this purpose is prevailing. His promises prevail. In chapter 11, the people wanted a blessing from the Lord. That's what Brother Bo preached. They wanted to grab a blessing. But in chapter 12, God is giving a blessing to somebody who didn't even want it in the first place. So what is the Lord trying to tell us? Everybody say, what, Brother Ori? God wants somebody here to know. You need to stop grasping at things that God will give freely to you. Stop grabbing at things that you know God can freely give to you. I mean, everything in life is a gift. Say amen if you believe that. Everything in life is a gift. Your life is a gift. Your breath is a gift. Your feet are are, are a gift. Your relationships are a gift. Everything is a gift. And so when you begin to understand that, hey, everything is a gift, you're going to stop stealing and stepping and fighting and clawing and grabbing. You see, the culture of the world is this. If I want to ascend in life, what I'm going to do is I'm going to step on people to go up, to go a little bit higher. That's, that's the culture of the world. But remember that Jesus reminds us in the book of Matthew, whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. And whoever humbles himself 
shall be exalted so in other words Jesus was telling us if you want to ascend in life don't step on people you know what you need to do you need to descend you need to lower yourself you humble yourself and you serve people and then he will make your name great your job is not greatness my friend our job is obedience it's humility it's service it's all these things because God's job is greatness it's not our job if this is blessing you can I invite everyone to stand there's a part in the story that I love so much and I hope that I close this I received this so personally this week and I hope that God will enable this message to reach across all the hearts of the people today so we know that God chose Abram to be a blessing him and his family but you know if you read the Bible chapter after chapter you realize that it didn't happen instead of being a blessing they became a curse and this is a tragic pattern that happens throughout scripture if you read the Bible but not just in, even in scripture even in life how sometimes we choose to be the curse instead of the blessing Cain was blessed with the family but instead of being a blessing he became a curse Adam and Eve they were blessed with the garden instead of being a blessing they became a curse even Abraham and his family this is a tragic pattern the people of Babel they were blessed but instead what happened they chose to be a curse but you know I thank God that God doesn't have or rather man does not have the last word God has the final word because this event was not the event that shaped history there was another event that became the turning point of Christianity what event am I talking about I'm talking about Pentecost what happened in Pentecost remember at Babel what did people do people wanted to reach God to be in the same level of God they wanted to reach the sky we want they wanted to be in the same level of him but at Pentecost what happened God was the one who came down because he wanted to be in the level of men at Babel people gathered themselves to make a name for themselves to exalt one another but at Pentecost God actually united everybody to exalt the name above every other name the name of Jesus at Babel what happened people wanted to get the blessing but at Pentecost God was the one who came down to give the blessing now what am I trying to say Jesus said an instruction in the book of Matthew and he says this or sorry rather the book of Luke Jesus gave them an instruction he says stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven I know that you know we 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 like the blessing in our time when we're in need of a miracle we want the miracle right here right now we want to be blessed by God the truth is that's who we are sometimes we don't trust God in the timing that we want the blessing right here right now but what Jesus is saying there's no need for you to grab every blessing out there there's no need for you to steal and be depressed if you feel like you're not blessed because what Jesus is saying you don't have to struggle what you need to do sometimes is just stay stay can you touch your neighbor and say stay stay father martin said it so beautifully earlier he said remain at the feet of jesus remain in me and i remain in you stay stay in the house of god stay in god's favor stay in his love stay all you got to do is just wait for the blessing and the blessing will come but what blessing am i talking about Brother Bo hinted on this a little earlier, but let me just close this with this message. In verse 3, God said to Abram, In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What blessing are we talking about? Is this a blessing of wealth? Is it a blessing of long life? Is it a blessing of prosperity? What blessing is this? Matthew gives us the answer. Because Matthew starts his chapter this way. Don't show the slide yet because I want to surprise everybody. Matthew starts his chapter and he says this. He starts talking about the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew says, this is a record. The genealogy of the ancestors or the origin of Jesus Christ. Who is a descendant of David and a descendant of 
drum roll Abraham from the bloodline of Abraham came the greatest blessing that the world had ever known Jesus Christ so you see the blessing is actually not a blessing it's the blesser like brother 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 said it's having life with the blesser because when you have the life of Jesus within you guess what he will be the one to make your name great he will be the one to lift up your name in places where man-made towers will never ever reach he will be the one to mention your name in rooms where your feet have not walked into yet. He will make your name great. Because that's who He is. But here's the promise. It says, in you, all families will be blessed. The blessing will not just fall on you, but it will fall in your homes. Salvation shall come to your house. Your children will be blessed. Your children's children will be blessed because you follow Jesus. He will make your name great. It's not your job to make your name great. Your job, it's to follow Jesus. And He will be the one. We exalt Him because He's the name above every other name. But we want to proclaim the blessing of God in this place. You want a blessing from the Lord? That blessing will come in the form of Jesus. He will be the one to bless you. He'll be the one to bless your marriage. He'll be the one to bless your finances. He'll be the one to bless your, your health. He'll be the one to bless your household. So let's open our arms right now to receive this bountiful blessing that only God can bestow on us. Hands up, everybody. I'm not forcing you. I'm inviting you to do this. Jesus, look at your children right now as we open our hands, as we lift up our hands towards you. Know that we are in full surrender. We acknowledge the fact that we can't do it alone. The power that you have given to us is limited by our strength, but we thank you that we don't have to walk in weakness. We can walk in your strength. Father, come to us right now. We proclaim that your blessing that you have bestowed on Abraham that day still affects us right now. That once the blessing flows, we don't want it to flow on closed hands, but with open arms so that it can continuously flow into in, out of our life for us to share to every person. We are blessed to be a blessing. And we just declare this abundance that you will send in our life in the form of your son, Jesus Christ. This is our prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.